is today? Today? It is Wednesday, my dude. This is gonna be great! Mm -hmm. Hello, everybody. It's the Christmas season. We're in it. Hallelujah. 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 I was actually at a concert where uh, this guy was constantly behind us clapping. Sounded like gunshots. I've never heard someone clap so loud. And he kept saying, Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Like, Constantly, and me and Gianna, it was a need. Uh, it was a Mercy Me uh, concert, and we were like, "All right, dude, we get it. Enough." And his claps were hurting our ears, so like we had to move because it was, it was out of control. He was into it though. That's good stuff. So it's the Christmas season. Um, I have the inside uh, of our house decorated. It's already. Up that happened the day after Thanksgiving, per usual, and I have half to three quarters of the outside decorated. So pretty much the first floor and the yard, like the bushes, all that stuff, that's decorated. I still got to get to the balcony, the the second floor. Um, I have some ideas, uh, but it's not much. I got to do some poles, make them look like candy canes, that kind of stuff. But here's the thing. I want. In my heart, I want to do more with decorating the outside. I really do. I have ambition. I I see it. I have the vision. I know what I want to do. But first of all, there's a lot of work that goes into it. Because my vision of the outside of a house, like for instance, I want the icicles hanging from the peaks, right? Everywhere that there would normally be icicles I want the icicle lights I really do I've never done it because first of all I don't have a ladder big enough and in this house that I have now it's really three stories because I have this these other windows there's a bunch of peaks up there that I got to get to I don't have a ladder big enough now we do have a ladder here at church that I could use of course they'd be like sure how do I get it to my house I can't it doesn't fit in the Mustang and Lauren's car, which is a forerunner, even putting that on the top of the car, it's it's super sketch because it's a big, big ladder, heavy, big. It's a whole thing. So what I would have to do is call in a favor to somebody who has, you know, a, a trailer or something, which, of yeah, I do know people with the trailers and I'm sure that they would help out. But so I call in that favor. I get the thing decorated. I got to buy a whole bunch more icicle lights for sure because what i got not gonna cut it so then there's a little bit more expense there um, but the biggest problem that i would have because it, and it would be is here's i like to take i i take the christmas lights down I, all the decor in the house is down by i try to get it down by 10 a.m on the 26th of december Sometimes it's pushed to noon, depending on how much stuff there is. And if I'm going to do that, which would still happen, 
Now I gotta call in the favor for the guy with the ladder or gal, you know, whatever. But I gotta call in that favor the day after Christmas. No one's excited about that. No one wants that that favor called. So it's just like, but it is what it is, I guess. But I just always feel like I could do better. I could make a real statement with my Christmas decor. If only, if only everything worked out. Just feels like a missed opportunity. That's what I'm saying. I also, you know, it doesn't help. I started watching, you know, Christmas themed shows like the great Christmas light fight where it shows like the cream of the crop of the people that decorate their house. Now I don't want to do anything like that. I want mine to be classy, but it's just that it now it's showing me, Hey, you look, these guys do it. You, you're complaining about a couple peaks. They do nine acres. Like there's a whole thing. Um, so it's just this weird thing. I want to do more what I can't, but maybe it's just my, my outside Christmas decorating and aptitude I'm feeling. I don't know. But speaking of Christmas themed Christmas themed shows, I recently discovered this show on the Food Network called The Christmas Cookie Challenge. And I am obsessed with it. Like, I love it. The bakers on the show are amazing. It blows my mind. There was a dude the other day that, you know, most people really wow you with their piping skills and the way they decorated. This dude that was on there was sculpting gingerbread cookies with like, it made it look like there was a real beard out of the actual cookie dough that he bit. It was like mind blowing. Problem is every time the judges tasted it, they're like, doesn't taste great. But if he got with someone who makes a good tasting cookie and he like, oh, okay, he's, he was doing it. But you should check it out because it's it's so good. So good. So pretty much this uh, this month involved me, or this past month involved me finishing decorating the house of the the, the rest of the house. I got a youth Christmas party to plan and execute. I have four more uh, Christmas services, really. I guess you could say it, which includes the Christmas Eve uh, extravaganza. Um, and I'm going to be watching all the, my favorite Christmas movies, Christmas shows, you know, like the Christmas light fight cookie channel show. Um, and then at the house, we're going to have, uh, for my small group, a white elephant gift exchange and a turkey dinner, which is going to be, and I'm going to be smoking my first turkey. It's going to be pretty intense and awesome. Oh, and I'm planning on making a funny, white elephant video to play on Christmas Eve service. Like last year I had the, uh, the video that I, um, shot that was called adventures in caroling where, you know, I ended up in the old slammer. It was funny. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. Oh, and how can I forget? I am in a Christmas parade this Saturday. Got a big float that looks amazing. There's going to be three of us from the band on there singing Christmas songs. There's going to be a bunch of kids and adults dressed as presents, handing out candy. It's going to be a lot of fun. So if you're in the area, in the Monk's Corner, Charleston area, you should check it out. Six, Yeah, 6 o'clock Saturday, December 3rd. Be there. 
we're doing this song, uh, uh, Cradle That Rocked the World, um, that I've kind of, it's a, it was a, a song that was requested by me, and when they gave it to me, now, there's only three people on the float, me, Chuck, Errol, so, drums, bass, guitar, me playing and singing, one vocal, so this is what we call a power trio. The song, The Cradle That Rocked the World, that was requested that I do it, um, the recording they gave me, was a full orchestra and a choir. So, getting that down to power trio status, it's it was a little work, but it's going to be fun. Alright, so we're going to do that song. You may not know it, you probably don't know it, but check that out. Um, also, we're going to do Go Tell It. It's like a take on Go Tell It. The mountain and this is amazing grace it's, it's good stuff and we're going to be doing joy to the world of course which brings us to our devotional for the day and we're going to be talking about the song joy to the world so before we get into the song let me drop some knowledge on you about the song lesser facts that you probably don't know about most people don't maybe you are maybe you are a joy to the world scholar which is good for you but if not here's some some interesting facts. So, first, it was written by Isaac Watts in ni- in 1719. So, uh, that was a while ago, long time ago. And uh, and Christian Isaac, what am I saying? Isaac Watts, he was an English Christian minister, and he lived from 1674 to 1748, back in the old days. Um. Also, here's something. I read that Isaac Watts wrote 750 other hymns in his career. Now, when I first heard that that fact, I was like, he didn't write seven. I'm like, come on. That's a lot. That's ridiculous. Uh, that's, that's too many. Like, people, somebody's exaggerating. But then uh, I, I started breaking down the numbers. What would he have to write a year? So um, he lived 74 years. Let's... I'm sure he wasn't writing hymns when he was 10 or that. So I say, let's start at 20. Maybe at 20 years old, he started writing hymns, and he wrote all the way up to his death. So 74, so that would be 54 years around there. I broke it down, and that would be about 15 hymns a year. And I feel like it's possible. Now, out of those 15 a year, I think a lot of them would probably be kind of suck you know they probably weren't they probably weren't all bangers they weren't all joy to the world so we can we can agree on that and then i was also thinking and as i was thinking about the numbers and all that um there was when i was in chicago there was a girl who was a uh, a woman that i met that used to be a school teacher and she played piano and she sang and she decided to quit teaching to focus on her music career and she decided she would write one new song a week so that would be 52 songs a year. And she did it. They weren't great. I'm saying she's talented. I'm just saying some of the songs I was like, man. I mean, I feel like maybe on a Sunday there was like one day left. She's like, I got to hammer something out and just came, you know, we know what that sounds like. So 750 hymns in his career. Sure, sure. Uh, the majority probably weren't that great, but he did write a banger in Joy to the World. It was pretty big. Still is. Another fun fact is uh, most people think the songs written about the birth of Christ 
and is and always has been a Christmas song. But that is false. I know. Who would have thought? It was actually not written as a Christmas song at all. It was written and inspired by Psalm 98. And it's specifically Psalm 98.4. But I want to read the whole psalm for the context, all right? So, Psalm 98. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with lyre, with lyre and the sound of melody, with trumpets and the sound of horn. Make joyful noise before the King, the Lord. Let the sea roar and all that fills it, the world and those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands, let the hills sing for joy together before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and peoples with equity. So you see, the psalm indicates that the joy and jubilation that we should have is due to Christ's second coming. At the end of the psalm, it says he comes to judge the earth. When Jesus was born on earth, he came to save mankind, to, to forgive us of our sins, to eventually die on the cross for our sins. The second coming is when, when Jesus is returning, and that's when he's going to be casting judgment. So, not really a Christmas song. So, let's just go verse by verse. So, let's look at the first verse. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room, and heaven and nature sing. Notice the word is. Many people get this wrong when, when singing. And so it is joy to the world, the Lord is come. It isn't the Lord has come. The Lord is come. The lyrics indicate that Christ is come and is already here among us. Jesus Christ didn't just come. He is here now. That's why we should not sing the Lord has come. We should emphasize the fact that he is now here. The next time you sing joy to the world, be mindful that you sing Lord is come. Then in the last line of the verse, it says, and heaven and nature sing. Then we go to, to verse 2, and it says, Joy to the earth, the Savior reigns, let men their songs employ, while fields, floods, rocks, hills, and plains repeat their sounding joy. So in the first and second verse, Watts writes about heaven and earth rejoicing at the coming of the king. So this is how he, the second coming, that they're rejoicing. And uh, then we get to verse 3, and, uh, and we can add a little controversy in here, all right? So then verse 3 says, No more let sins and sorrow grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow far as the curse is found. Okay, so the controversy. I call this third verse artistic license. The verse is not really based off of Psalm 98, but the verse still speaks truth and but it doesn't totally line up with psalm 98 so many hymnals and many churches omit this verse which is dumb to me like it's typical church stuff that annoys me if you know this guy isaac watts right back 
back in the day, you're like, oh, yeah, we know Isaac. He wrote the song. And he writes this amazing hymn. Of course. Of course. Just on on schedule is going to try to criticize and pick it apart. And they'll be like, but it doesn't say far as the curse is found in this in this psalm. And, and, and you're like, right, it doesn't. But does it make sense for the song? Yes. Is it accurate when talking about Jesus? Of course. What's the problem then? And I know you guys who've been in church forever, you know what I'm saying. We all know there's always the one person that's like, well, I got a problem with this. It's like, uh, can we listen to the song? Does it line up with Jesus' character? Yes. Is the majority of it based on this psalm? Yes. Is there any rule that you have to write a song that is exactly the same? Like you might as well just take music and put it to the psalms, which you can. I'm not saying you can't, but like it's already been done. This is trying to write a new thing and inspire people. He did that. Check. He checked the box. Yet somebody's going to have a problem, so that's why it's omitted from some hymnals. And it's like, oh, I bet you Isaac was just like, unbelievable. Unbelievable. That's what I would have been doing, at least. Lastly, we get into verse 4. We get, he rules the world. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nation prove the glories of his righteousness and the wonders of his love. And this is the verse that just celebrates Jesus' rule over the earth and calls for every nation to celebrate the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love. It's a good song. That we sing at Christmas, that isn't a Christmas song. And truth be told, I always use this as the closer for my uh, Christmas service. And you may be thinking, why? Because it's awesome and it's still good and we could still celebrate it. It's still joyous. It's joy. Joy to the world. We can have joy to the world when celebrating the birth of Christ as we can have joy when he comes to judge us uh, if we are believers. Because we know if we're believers, we know we're going. Now with this knowledge in your pocket that I just provided you, you can use the story to start conversations with someone and share the gospel. And this is a very non-threatening way that you can do it. You could be doing something outside, like decorating your house for Christmas, raking leaves, taking your garbage out, and you just happen to see a neighbor doing the same thing. You spark up a convo, and you say to them, Hey, you know what? You know what I just learned about the song Joy to the World? You know Joy to the World, right? And they'd be like, Yeah, I don't know. Like, who doesn't know Joy to the World? Be like, do you know what that song's really about? And boom, you're in a conversation about Christmas and Jesus. You're welcome. You do the work from there. I'm teeing you up so you can do it. This is a very low stress level, easy way. Talk to a neighbor, share the gospel, plant the seed. You plant the seed. Once you plant it, though, you gotta do a little watering. That means you can't never talk about it again. You got to go water it. Hey, remember what I talked about? Check this out. And you know what else? Eh, you keep sharing in a non-threatening manner, right? It could be threatening. I don't know if it's going to work really well, but you can. But here's just a good way. This is a good season to do it. Like I said in a previous devotional, great time, a lot of things to talk about. A lot of things to invite people to. You can invite them to a parade. You can invite them to a small group 
Christmas celebration. You, there's lots of things you can do. There's inviting. Like I say, you plant the seed, you water it. There's a little fertilizer in there too. That's when they get to church, maybe. I don't know. I'm just saying. So that's all I have. Hope this was uh, informative, useful, and I hope you can use it to share the gospel. So if this is all true, please share with a friend, neighbor, coworker, family member, enemy. It doesn't matter. Just share it. Get the good news out. All right. You have a good one, and I'll see you next time. Thank <laughs> you.